0: Hello, and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about the outhouse. I'm Patch, and joining me is the most wanted criminal in the Boiling Isles, the magnificent Quill. Quill, how are you?
1: Uh jeez, I wish I was a wanted criminal at this point, considering how nice I am. <laughs> <After> that, <laughs> you saw a little bit of what my day was like at work today, right? You you watched, you watched looked at that uh, subtext we have?
0: Yeah, just a bit. <laughs>
1: yeah, after that day, I'm like, God, I wish I wasn't just so fucking nice. For the viewers' sake, I work in the main room for all of, like, six more work days on there because I'm on rotation, uh, like, the next two weeks, and then I just finish off this week, which I guess actually is in the past by the time this goes live. So I just work the last, like, the first uh, week of February, and then I'm fucking gone because I'm... Uh, well, good news here, uh, I did lock in a place in Con- uh, Hartford, Connecticut, so it's not the original idea of Boston, but, hey, it's close enough.
0: Yeah, that's yeah New England? You've got a car you can drive?
1: Yeah, but oh god, just that fucking day I had with that idiot coworker. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> uh yeah, no, I'm, I'm too fucking nice to actually just let that shit go and let all that Mayrose stuff get fucked.
0: <laughs> so I guess you don't want me to introduce you with that in the future. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, the last recording, well, I guess actually not the last re- the next recording we do, but the, the recording you do in three weeks it will be the day before my very last day at work so at that point i definitely have checked out and don't give a shit (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh goodness me
1: how's your week been at least
0: oh well it's been all right it's school is just starting this week so i'm learning exactly how horribly busy i'm going to be all semester hooray yeah it's great I love it when they give you your syllabus up front because then you know when you're going to be totally dead. And for me, it's the end of April. <laughs>
1: oh, boy. Yeah, I guess I... Yeah, just thinking back to like what my school... Uh, like, what basically the school year would be for the spring. And I guess, yeah, because like, you start doing finals around May and then you're just done. So I guess, yeah, it would be that class usually end around late April or so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Something like that. I think the 14th is the last day of our term, so...
1: Oh, uh. you <laughs> also your your semester also. Maybe I'm thinking a little bit differently because I remember back in college, like my like winter semester would end like late like mid December, and I don't think we went back until like the 21st or so of January. Like yeah. you definitely started a few weeks sooner.
0: Yeah, my understanding is that Canadian schools do. Um. Yeah is even even life, in the states I'm finished on the first week of December or so. Yes. Yeah.
1: but even in the states like a lot of schools that like a lot of states had different school years because like I remember back in New York like our school year was uh like beginning like very first week of September until like I think like the second week of June but some schools like in Pennsylvania start like I want to say like middle of August actually and go through like early May. Hmm. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little. No, nobody has any set standard for this stuff, which probably also is indicative of why the education system in America kind of fucking sucks.
0: <laughs> well, hey. That is certainly appropriate getting our you, content today.
1: Yeah, don't you just love living in a dystopia? <laughs> I had to stop there for a sec because I almost said this for you instead of dystopia. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can hit both. <laughs> I mean, guess. <laughs> Neither is fun.
0: But uh, yeah, no. Other than that, I've just been—I got high for the first time, and I've been playing Mass Effect Andromeda. I can't imagine <laughs> what the. the, the correlation
1: Here's the thing: I keep seeing people be Andromeda apologists. I understand it's not like uh, necessarily like a really good game, but people apparently like that cast of characters, isn't it? And the but the open world stuff kind of sucked, doesn't it?
0: So here's the thing. I like Andromeda. I really do, but it is very clearly an unfinished game that yeah. they're never going to finish.
1: No, because I mean, there's still that straight up that like teaser for like the Corian DLC, and they were just like, yeah, this got canceled because oh boy, this game vastly underperformed.
0: I think they released a novel with the story that that DLC was going to have, but that's... Huh. interesting. <laughs> yeah. So if if I'm remembering right, that's. Definitely one of the more disappointing ways a game can go.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I mean, hey, at least Andromeda actually got released. Like, for some reason, I was thinking earlier this week about Dead Island 2. Like, remember when that got fucking announced at an E3, like, almost a decade ago? And then just (laughs) nothing was ever said about Dead Island 2 again? I don't know why the fuck I was thinking of Dead Island 2. I think it's because of the... oh, Oh, here's the reason why. Because of that stupid tweet by the team that I think pretty much made... The Dead Island games are the ones that made Dying Light and they're the ones that put out that bad tweet about Dying Light 2 taking 500 hours to 100% complete and everybody was just like, so you're saying that this game is has a bunch of fluff and it's just bad as a result because you're just going to waste so much time. Okay, cool. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, well, it's hard to argue with that for some games. Like, yeah. I've been playing um, Dragon Age Inquisition recently and at this point, all I've got left is the boss battle, and I think I've got something like 234 hours logged. Fuck!
1: It doesn't I've, include the I ones have, DLC. I've only played that game once ever, and funnily enough, it was I started playing it back when I lived in Japan. I had to actually get my mom to buy me a PS4 <laughs> prepaid card because, like, they were like a 30% markup, I think, being sold on like a website in Japan if you wanted to get like the American ones. Wow. That, would have, yeah, that would have been real bad so it's like hey can you get me this and she was like okay yeah I'll get you that and I definitely was one of those kind of people that spent like 60 hours in the fucking hinterlands before I was like I gotta stop I gotta, I gotta actually play this game <laughs> <laughs> vastly over the level for the rest of the game never needed to actually like use any equipment ever found in the environment just because I had crafted a lot of shit that was just way more powerful
0: well sure yeah. that's the point of crafting systems
1: yeah, I need to break the game over your uh, kneecaps, and then it's like, well, there's no challenge here anymore, so I guess I'll just mainline as much as I can. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, uh, speaking of games, I was, uh, as we were starting this, I was just finishing off a hunt in Monster Hunter Rise on PC, and oh god, I forgot what it's like to play Monster Hunter at 60fps, because uh, the Switch version sure didn't run at 60 <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's um. I guess I don't know too much about Monster Hunter, but I can only imagine that you're engrossed, given that that's what you were playing right before this. I mean, I, I literally
1: just finished the hunt, like as we were starting as well. So, so it's like, yeah, no, I was in it, but like the the majority of the last, because uh, it was only released yesterday, like the majority of my two days with it so far has been okay. I know that Rise has like kind of weirdly different controls compared to even World. How the fuck do I get any of these key bindings that I like on here? Because it's like, it has like a lot of like extra little like, like menu tabs that you can do. Like, they have like a separate action bar that's like for stuff like commanding your pets, like the Palico and Palamutes to do stuff. Right. They have like, uh, I mean, cause I play with the bow, so like I have the, uh, the scroll wheel for switching ammo coatings or, uh, arrow coatings, rather. like ammo is a different, those are for the bow guns. So it's like, I gotta, like, use that, and then have a button to put on the coating and take off the coatings, and then you have buttons for, like, all the silk fine stuff. I still don't know why the fuck they have the aim the reticle for the wire bug, which is the universal item be on middle mouse and not right mouse. <laughs> like, you would play with any game where you aim down a sight, it would be on right <laughs> mouse. Capcom, why? You make you make at least at the moment Capcom makes really good games because everybody likes the stuff that Capcom puts out, but why do your PC ports always have bad controls by default, in Capcom? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well
2: it's
1: it's also just a thing of like a lot of it is just like little things that I have a problem with because like as I've gotten older, I just cannot move my finger around a keyboard as much. Mm-hmm. I actually I play with uh what the fuck is this thing called again? It's a Razer Nostromo. It's like a like half a keyboard kind of deal where it's oh, like yeah, it got yeah, yeah. yeah, it's one of those like programmable like keypad things and it has like an extra like where your thumb is. There's like the little tiny spacebar there, but it also has like a D-pad there and an extra like circular button that usually is like Alt, and you can like just change up the button speed whatever you want. So like I'm always trying to make sure I have everything on there. Plus my mouse is a fuck is this one? I'm looking at it uh logitech g300s uh, so it has like four extra buttons on it so like uh, alongside the two like main mouse buttons so it's like me being like okay what the fuck can i fit on everything here with these buttons i've got and then there's still things where it's like well if you want to do this you have to actually have the rest of a you know five through t- zero on the <laughs> what's called on the keyboard and it's like i just Technically, I would have 1 through 8 on the D-pad, because it eight, eight, is 8-directional, eight but I hate the 8 direction on it, and so I only use 1 to 4. Right. It's, it's just, yeah, I, I get... Like, every time I'm talking about, like, PC games in my other Discord, some friends are, like, they're always, like, well, why is... what? It's always, like, being, like, what's the default button for this? And I'm, like, well, it's, like, R for me. I don't know what the fuck it is for all y'all, <laughs> but also I know this is a me thing. <laughs> they're, like, okay, well, we can't ask Quill for any advice on what the key buttons were by default for this, so whatever. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's uh, yeah. that is I mean, definitely a lot to just play with a controller. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that yeah, that's the thing. Like, I didn't have a problem playing Monster Hunter with a controller on PS4 nor Switch. It's just that, like, when you get back to PC, it's like, oh yeah, it's just so much easier in some senses. Because, like, I mean, uh, using the bow in a with a controller is not as you know, because like you're having to aim at reticle, it's not as easy. So it's like, yeah, it's a lot easier when you have keyboard and mouse just for the, the more precision, but. It's also just like a little thing of it where it's like, yeah, no, it's a lot easier to use a controller at times. Just because you don't have to mess around with so many extra fucking (laughs) keybinds. Also, a lot of the menus in this game on PC still assumes you're just playing with a controller where it's like, what do you want this to be? And it's like D-pad and A, B, X, Y. It's like, I don't don't have a Switch controller put in. I just have it set to show that rather than the PS4 or the Xbox controllers please, can't you just have it be an option to say fucking key bindings instead? <laughs> I would infer from two different menus, like, okay, if this says the D-pin on the Switch, what would that correlate to on this? Okay, it's the the up, down, left, and right arrow keys. Okay, right. I gotcha. Uh, yeah. Nah. I don't want to sound like I'm f- annoyed, but I, I mean I am slightly annoyed, but like, I still fucking love Monster Runner. <laughs> <laughs> A good franchise, despite me having problems with the controls.
0: Fair enough. Did you have anything else this week?
2: Uh,
1: not really. Like, I mean, it was mostly that I got confirmation for the move. So it's like, oh boy, the, during the two weeks I'm on rotation from work, it's gonna be a lot of like, okay, gotta call up this utilities company and tell them I'm moving and change the address for the u for the mail.
2: Yeah. And
1: uh,
3: <laughs> it's a lot.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. I'm sorry a lot, but in the meantime, yeah, to disappear into a world of fantasy and magic.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's really just making phone calls, which I hate, but it won't take long. It's just annoying. I'll live.
2: (laughs) Okay, then
0: let's go ahead and crack into it. This week I'm going to be covering episode 3 I was a teenage abomination and we open with Ida praising a just horrible truly awful thing the monster called the trash slug. She is very impressed with this creature because it makes a living off of nothing. It takes from everyone else and it doesn't it builds its own life. She's she's making herself the trash slug in the metaphor. But she also likes them because when they die, she can cut them open and see what trash they ate. Which I suspect she would not like happening to her very much.
1: I mean, she's easily able to apple-pill itself up, so she clearly can hold a lot in her stomach, right? <laughs> well,
0: that's yeah, like yeah. cool. So Lucius understands to pretty unhappy about this, and asks for proper magic lessons, since she's an apprentice. But Ida says that that is magic school stuff, (parentheses derogatory. She, uh, she doesn't like this school because they teach magic the quote-unquote proper way, but she doesn't believe that that's a thing. She thinks magic is beautiful when it's wild and there's no right way to do it. She says that witchcraft is all about resourcefulness and gives Luce a greasy slime ball. slime ball after dunking her hand into a greasy slime pit. Oh, and also, she didn't graduate magic school.
1: Yeah, this is like the first time that we actually get confirmation that either did go to magic school and then she dropped out. <laughs> and again, I shouldn't oh, say that. Right Absolutely. Sure really ex- at this point,
0: yeah.
1: But uh, she said she didn't finish school.
0: Yeah. So maybe it, she it just kind, of, just kind of, out.
1: I mean, I guess kind of, uh, yeah. But like, either seemed like the kind of person that would say, "Fuck school, I quit," rather than failing, <laughs> or maybe she was about to be failed by bump. She's like, "Can't, can't." Uh, expel me for failing i just quit fuck you (laughs) it's like elon that doesn't matter you were about to be kicked out of school regardless well i beat you to it
0: (laughs) (sighs) so uh luce does not want to be near this trash corpse and so she leaves allegedly to look at pictures of animals that are still alive (laughs) but then when we cut scenes we open on her wandering through the forest giving herself a pep talk because she really is being nervous about second guessing this whole learning to be a witch thing. doesn't seem like it's going super well. And then she hears a voice in the bushes also giving itself a pep talk. She's hiding, but she pushes through and she sees a young witch. Um, She's going to be named Willow in just a second. We don't know that immediately. We just see a sad nervous child who's already got some sort of anxiety disorder because of school
1: yeah poor willow
0: and then amity shows up rolling along on her abomination wagon and almost runs willow over she's this isn't her best episode i'm gonna say
1: because again remember where we're at with amity blight and like I have in one of my notes here, I'm like, wow, she is such an asshole, and her manner of speech in this episode is so fucking different than everything yeah, we in her most recent episode of Cliff's Lake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the note I have is that um, she starts being a stereotypical rich 80s bully immediately.
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so... What we get from their conversation is that uh, there's a presentation in class today and that Willow is not ready, and in fact, Willow has been failing basically the entire time she's been in this class. Amity is the top student and has a badge in everything and is extremely condescending about it. (laughs) And then she shows off her abomination, which is a purple slime monster that obeys her commands. Um not entirely sure where this one came from inspiration-wise, but it's, it's certainly uh, I, new I, and different.
1: I definitely have heard at some point people refer to the, the thing Abominations are made as Abomination Clay, so it might be inspired by the golem from, I think, Jewish mythology, I want to say.
0: Uh, okay, that makes like, sense. Like golems.
1: Yeah, I think it's, like, it's kind of inspired by that, but then like a like gross magic kind of twist on it where it's just goop. Very gross, yes. Mm. They look like like humanoid mucks, for people not actually watching the show.
0: They also have yellow eyes, and sometimes too many of them.
1: Sometimes they have green eyes instead, but yeah, usually it's like yellow.
0: Uh, So yeah, Amity rolls away on her abomination wagon, having shown off sufficiently. And Willow is just super mad about getting bad grades, about getting bullied. She's just had the worst time, and she snaps. She starts firing vines all over the place. It's a huge explosion, and it grabs loose out of the bushes and starts throwing her around. At which point we cut away. Uh, Ida and King are still on the beach, and they start arguing because King says he's a better teacher than her. <laughs> So he also says that if he were the teacher, he would teach Luce about demons and how to conquer the world. So, honestly, better lessons, in my opinion.
1: Considering what Luce has learned from Ida so far, yeah, it's kind of hard to cons- to uh,
0: compare the two. So they do a bet, and Ida does pull out her ridiculously long book of bets that he has lost. I believe the title is Ridiculously One-Sided Bets Against King. (laughs) And they make a deal. Um, He's going to try and train a baby trash slug. He has one day to do it, and if he does, he'll prove that he's a better teacher than Ida, and she'll hand Luce over to be his student. And she'll also wear a shame hat. And she'll also sleep in a shack. And she'll also never go into the owl house again.
1: It's a very long list of like King is really thinking up more things to make Eda do on the spot. <laughs> like he has not given any thought to this bed ahead of time. And just like wear the, yeah. the shack and stay in the never come in again. Yeah. <laughs> very big like that.
3: No, also, yeah, you were you were yeah, correct.
1: Yeah. The book is called Eda Plus King One Sided Wagers. I just, <laughs> I'm looking up at the owl house. Dot fandom dot co wiki for I was a teenage automation. It is right there. <laughs> I never noticed that. Nice. I knew it was a book about just King get his, getting his ass triumphed, but I didn't realize that it called that.
0: Yeah, so his side of the deal is that if he loses, his name will change to Mr. Wiggles.
1: A little <laughs> sorry, just a little funny when you remember how in season two King will actually legally change his name. <laughs> <laughs> I just found that to be a pretty funny contrast like oh yeah he, he, he will uh, like, take you to his last name eventually down the line in a few months
0: uh, so we come back to the forest and Willow comes out of her rage mode her, her avatar state so to speak and she realizes basically immediately that Luce is a human because her ears are round she's super excited but has to go to class because the bell rings and it is a bell at this point. It's not going to be a bell later, but it's a bell right now, so I don't know what's up with that. Um, it might
1: be, it might be like, a, like a ladder, like actual normal bell, and not the demon bell, just as like a long range one. Because like I would have to imagine that the screaming one is not something that they use for everything that can be heard by a lot of people across the boiling <laughs> Owls. so it might be like a magic like sound effect that they do for like school's getting started get here now come on let's go that
0: could be uh loose is very complimentary of willow's plant magic but uh willow isn't supposed to do plant magic at all because her parents put her on the abomination track at school so i don't know where we want to start with this but uh
1: I do have a note of that just says, Willow's Dads, please listen to your daughter and let her pursue her dreams rather than forcing her down a certain tra- path in life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. I, I, I mean, that's the thing. We don't really know much about Willow's Dads. I think it's like one of them doesn't even have for a for name yet, so it's like, yeah, but you y- listen to your daughter, please. Listen. Parents, just as a whole, listen to your kids. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so there's that, and also that you have to pick what career track you're going to be on at age fourteen is a little much.
1: Yeah, but you can at least still change out of it. You can choose ones later on to change yeah. into. I guess that's to, true. You might have to like repeat some classes if all the credits don't transfer over or whatever. But yeah, I mean, people are allowed to at least when it comes to Willows' case still that's
0: so, the final note I had is just, why would her dads put her on the abomination track?
1: So, so there actually is a reason here. It's because, like, as Willow says before Emily rolled up, she said that her parents said that there are better prospects in this track of magic. Which is still a case of, like, everybody has magic, and so it's like, you would think that everybody would at least have, like, some good prospects compared to, like, you know the various like few people in the in the demon world that don't have like a strong magic like i I get we get i get the gist that like demons that are bipedal that kind of have some magic languages don't have as strong or nor as a variety Mm -hmm. because it's it's something that i've noticed just a little bit in the background a bit but if you look closely most like a lot of the like I guess biped demons that are in Hexside are in the potion track because you have Basha, you have Eileen, the eyeball girl, mm-hmm. and like Barkis is technically in there, even though like we don't really know a lot with Barkis because he's only really appeared in one episode. And he is also an oracle, so it's like, is it like a weird thing where, po- like, potions can be like more of like a substitute if your magic isn't as strong, maybe?
0: Yeah, that makes you sense.
1: Know. Yeah. Although we will see Vasa light a bunch of, like, basketballs on fire. So
0: who knows? I could be wrong. Could be a coincidence. Yeah, Willow does mention here that she's not supposed to do plant magic anymore because she's on the Abomination track, so... Man.
1: There's a, but she, but she's just not, a little it,
0: preview of the Coven system.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, she doesn't have the Coven brand yet, so it's not like the rest of it's locked up. So yeah, like, no, absolutely. It, it feels like it's more like if you're, like not an adult yet and there therefore you have some like a room while you're still trying to figure out which one you want to actually commit to.
0: No, you're absolutely right. I just think it's interesting that even at this point when they can do all magics, they're not encouraged to try them and yeah. see what you're good at. Because, yeah it's like Yeah. The most
1: the most like amount of magic we ever see Amity cast later on besides abominations is the fireball Although she does do a little bit of plant magic in later on in season one, in just one episode. But we'll get there, too. Okay, yes.
0: So Luce offers to go to Hexside with her for schemey reasons. She's looking to get into the school, and she's going to pretend to be an abomination in exchange for Willow sneaking her in. Because Willow is tired of getting bad grades, and Luce's logic is that she can be a weird gooey person that talks weird if she covers herself with goo. Which she immediately handshakes Willow, and they get stuck together. So I cannot imagine trying to shower out of that goo.
1: Yeah, loose. Like I feel like loose definitely would have ruined her hoodie. In reality, like there's no no tide is getting that stuff out of white fabric.
0: Yeah, for real. <laughs>
1: That's just fucked. <laughs> Rip cat hoodie. <laughs> okay. Yes.
0: So they go in. This is Hexside School of Magic and Demonics, home of the Banshees. It's honestly kind of a high school, but a weird cast. Yeah,
1: it's yeah, it's more of a high school cause like, I mean, we don't really like see anybody like younger than fourteen, besides Gus. But Gus also is skipped ahead by two grades because he's good at magic.
3: Yeah,
0: well, they could work on the English system. Maybe they graduate at sixteen. Maybe. <laughs> um. So Willow <laughs> brings. Her new abomination and in to introduce to augustus now my understanding is that this was supposed to be a secret but she goes up loose as a human basically immediately <laughs> well it's
2: because Luce speaks
1: from inside the jug because like gus is talking about like he's theorizing about he has a human magazine he's theorizing about why humans have braces like he's like why would they weld metal to their teeth and loose is like it's restoring treats from inside the jug, and then Will's like, ah, oh, jeez, well, this is already busted, I might as well tell Gus and not let him just be wondering what the fuck's going on.
0: Did you catch what magazine he was reading?
1: Yeah, it, it was, yeah, I didn't. I forgot the name, I saw it when I watched the episode over the weekend, but I
0: forgot. Yeah, it's anyway, Tween no. Boss Magazine, but it right. has dollar signs for both S's.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess that got into the Demon Realm the same way the Azura books did, like, Either via Ida or via the little bits of Titan's blood that falls into water and makes temporary portals between realms,
0: I suppose. There's also an ad on the back of that magazine for the Wi-Phone 92. So either it's from the future, or their phones are much more advanced than ours.
1: I mean, it does get a lot of good reception, even through dimensional portals. So maybe loses all its. <laughs> Uh, I can't. Uh, sorry, I'm annoyed. I can't ever no. find anybody that makes loses phone case. <laughs> I've looked on <laughs> Etsy multiple times, and nobody seems to make it.
3: <laughs> it's a cute little bet.
0: Well, if you ever find it, let me know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> So she hears that his nickname, his name is Augustus, and immediately nicknames him Gus. And he's thrilled to have it because he's thrilled to have a human nickname. He's the president of the. I didn't write it down correctly. Uh, the, I have the, Human Appreciation Society.
1: <laughs> you were correct. Right, yeah, Human Appreciation Society.
0: Oh, that is right. Cool. Yeah. I guess I'm a better listener than I thought. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so he's just thrilled to meet an actual real-life human and wants to know where her gills are. So then we cut back to the Owl House. King is training the slug, which he has named Prince Junior. And he is doing that by just giving it treats all the time, constantly.
1: I just noticed he called it Prince Junior, implying there might be a prince.
0: <laughs> yeah. I to call
1: it Prince. <laughs>
0: That's a decent question, honestly.
1: Did King have another pet that was called Prince? <laughs> <laughs> he's, eight. Probably, he's eight years old. You probably shouldn't get an eight-year-old a pet. Although, I mean, it's Ida, so Ida wouldn't fucking care, really.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm not thinking yeah.
1: this until just that where It's like, oh, yeah, it's Prince Jr.
0: <laughs> um. Speaking of Ida, King suggests that she's a bad teacher because her student has been gone all day and she doesn't know where. (laughs) And she basically just kind of agrees. That's pretty much that scene. (laughs) Because then we cut to class where the professor fails a student who is presenting her abomination. Um, He indicates that several of them have failed so far, but we only see the one and says that if the next presentation fails, everyone gets extra homework for a month.
1: Did you ever have a kind of teacher like that, where they got so cheesed off at something that they threatened like to call a home or give extra homework?
0: Uh, well, I didn't have anything like that, but I did have, this would have been seventh grade, my English teacher was so angry with me because at the time, I didn't like listen to lectures. I just took a stack of books to school with me and read all day and then learned everything mm-hmm. from the homework. And she was very upset about that and she had to call the principal and make sure he knew that it was now class policy, that I specifically was not allowed to bring non-class related books into her classroom. Jeez.
1: Okay, maybe that's actually a little bit more of an escalation than like my tenth grade Spanish teacher who got annoyed at some kids as being assholes, that she threatened that she was gonna call everybody's parents later on. She didn't, to my knowledge, at <laughs> least I mean, not in my case, but it's like God lady, you like Teachers in general don't pin the blame on everybody else when they're not the ones doing the shit.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was a great class because it made me hate the teacher for the rest of the semester, so I spent the rest of it writing fanfiction. <laughs> <laughs> this
1: is where we have confirmed that Patch is just loose.
0: <laughs> Only sometimes. But yes, they were fantasy novels featuring witches. All right then. Um, let's see. So Amity does volunteer to go next with the presentation because I guess she is technically actually trying to keep her class from getting extra homework. But she does it by really showing off, and the teacher says that she has to wait because he's saving the best for last. He says that in front of the other students. He is a terrible teacher. (laughs) Yeah, this guy sucks.
1: like basically all the teachers we really see at hexside suck cuz like we have this guy we have the snake guy in the the gay sports episode mm-hmm. let's Basha get away with murder even even bump in that episode, someone we'll joke about like bashy got away with murder yeah, well it's uh, it's all right cuz she's the captain. <laughs> <laughs> at least like bump gets better over like bump gets better over the course of the fr- of the series like especially in season 2 but right. like, geez, yeah, the teachers at hexide kind of
0: suck. <laughs> <laughs> Do we actually get this professor's name? I don't think anyone. No, no, yeah,
1: we we I don't think we get the names of any of the teachers at Hexide besides Bump, because like, huh. really, the only ones that we really see is like the Abomination teacher. We see that purse that like spider lady that occasionally teaches like the little kindergarten class or whatever. Yeah. And we also see like the lizard guy, but we never get any of their names. I don't believe.
0: That's very strange, but okay.
1: But also like. <laughs> a lot of the show, like, it's not focused on the heck side. It's it's not the bad Wizard Boy series where it's all about the school. Like, the school is more a backdrop whenever it shows up, and it's just like, here's just the setting for this episode thing going on, and it's much more about what the characters are up to rather than actually being in class and stuff. Yeah, you're not
0: wrong. Yeah. It just seems strange to me that they'd give this character so many lines and not a name.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I I don't Um, think he ever comes up in another episode. I think this is really his only appearance.
0: Fair um, yeah, so after that blatant display of favoritism, he picks on Willow because he wants to give out for one extra homework and he knows that she's been failing all of these...
3: Again, kitty teacher! <laughs> <laughs> this
0: guy super but, sucks. Um, she and Luce pull off their act. Um, Luce is definitely being a little weird for an abomination, but she pulls it off pretty well, um... She improvises the worst dad joke imaginable as part of her routine.
1: I like the joke.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying there's not a certain angle of appreciation, but...
1: uh... (laughs) I mean, it's still a bad joke, but I like it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, so she... Recites that because she is an abomination, that Willow must be her abomination is the joke. Mm-hmm. And Willow gets an A plus for this because the teacher apparently loves bad humor. And he also takes the top student badge from Amity and gives it to Willow. And just the instant, the absolute moment that Amity's position is threatened, she goes way bad. Oh, <laughs> Not yeah. that She wasn't already, but no, she goes on the defense. <laughs> um back at the owl house Ida asks Hudi where Luce is and he does try to point her in a direction that he heard her leaving but he does not just stretch and point like he will later in the series Yeah, again, sort of again it's wedges with... in, in the door
1: yeah it is like very strange considering we've seen him stretch in the previous episode when he's yeah, pointing exactly. to Luz so it's like they've established Hudi can stretch but like maybe at this point they were like we're not sure like the extent that he can stretch and also they didn't really think of that idea of like oh yeah he might just be able to stretch and just like wiggle himself in the direction so instead they haven't it's still they at least come up with a clever solution of having him turn the weather vane in the direction
0: yeah yeah we do get another indication that he actually is the house because he's able to point the weather vane in the direction so that's you know another check mark for that
1: (laughs) the horrors of foodie continue
0: And when he does that, uh, Ida realizes in shock and horror where Luz must have gone. uh, She runs to the school and starts looking in through the windows. Uh, Nobody notices, thankfully, because creepy. But uh, the first window she looks in on is a bunch of little kids reciting their runes. Um, The ones that they recite are Krom, Zix, Elgrim, and Xenomide. I don't know most of those, but Krom is the god that Conan the Barbarian worships, so.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I would never looked
1: into those. I didn't know that they were actually, like, maybe they're all references or something.
0: That's possible. I don't know. If they are, I don't recognize most of them. Yeah, but I mean, they I mostly Krom, think of Krom, the god of slaughter, who sits atop the throne of the world and throws um, hardships in your path to see if you can kill him.
1: Very funny, considering that the Crom I'm thinking of is the guy from Fire Emblem Awakening. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I, I think your Crom is spelled with a K, right? Not a C8. Uh,
0: no, Conan's Krom is also a C-R. C-R-O-M.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, Crom from Fire Emblem is C H R O M. Okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> Pretty close, <laughs> I mean,
1: but do, not quite. This character, do not seal.
0: Um... Yes, so she goes to the next classroom, and basically she's just horrified by everything she sees here. She doesn't like the school's promotion of blind obedience, pointless busy work, and then it really feels like there's going to be a third thing, but she just yells school really loud. (laughs) It's
1: still still kind of funny, just seeing this grown woman holding onto the side of a window just shout to the (laughs) heavens, Why, school?
0: Wendy Malick is a
1: gem. (laughs)
0: Uh, in the lunchroom, Gus asks if humans eat peanut butter jelly sandwiches. And Luz sort of slithers out of the abomination jar, says she hasn't eaten food in real food in so long and steals it without using her hands.
1: Well, she has a bunch of goop on her hands, so she wouldn't want to touch it.
0: Yeah, I guess that's fair. I completely forgot about the goop, even though she's been goopy the whole episode. <laughs> she's literally
1: in the jar at this moment, so she's just wallowing in the goo.
0: <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, there is a note there. You mentioned last episode about Ida talking about how Luz couldn't eat most stuff, and there's another reference to that. Yeah. She doesn't say what she has been eating, but it hasn't been real food, so.
1: Well, I think in her terms, when she says real food, she's just referring to the foods that she's used to, because, like, (laughs) I mean, there's no no fancy equivalent of, like, a Tex-Mex place, I guess, for her to, like, have, like, food that her mom would normally make right <laughs> so yeah she's just like no no this is just different stuff
0: uh amity sees this whole thing and knowing that abominations don't eat goes just ham on loose. <laughs> he jumps on the table she's pulling her out of the jar and shaking her it's really wild but she's a girlfriend. Everyone. Catches her, and he thinks she's just jealous of willow's good abomination so she gets sent to principal bump's office uh, we cut back to the Owl House, where Prince Jr. is now truly enormous. He's been growing at a ridiculous rate, and King is feeding it treats by the dozen, just shoveling them into his mouth. Um, he does give it a few commands. It absolutely does not obey, but I don't know. I guess we're not testing our bets uh, at this point.
1: Nope. I mean, considering that either has nothing, at least King having a solution, that be- like a result which is not being eaten, I guess, it makes him the default winner.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair enough, because Ida does get back at this point, and since she doesn't have a student anymore, she's mad, she's upset, and she's lost the bet. And though she does take the shame hat, she immediately walks back into the house.
1: No, so she walks into the shed. <laughs> I think, I'm pretty sure she walks into the shed, I think, because the next time uh, we see her, she's Well, you're
0: right, it is a shed, yeah. Yeah. But... I don't know because the, the the agreement was that you will live in a shack and never enter the L house again. So I don't know. Does the shed count as part of the L house?
1: Close enough, I guess. It's <laughs> it's it's not like a room. It's a storage area. So it's like it's not. It doesn't have like a kitchen and a bathroom. So it's it's different than the part of the house, I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So he. Tries to send, sorry, King tries to send Prince Jr. out to rampage over the land and conquer it for him, but he's run out of treats and it just sort of glowers ominously at him as we cut away to Loose teaching Gus what a high five is. He gets kind of turned on high fives, <laughs> um, does like eight of them in a row, and then Principal Bump shows up to inspect the incredible abomination. He uh, gives her a few commands. Mostly she's okay, but not great. And then decides to dissect her because of how lifelike she is. Um, Willow does confirm that humans can't be cut open. (laughs) At which point, Gus knocks over three abomination jars while shouting high five to distract him. Uh, Luce and Willow run, but Bump activates school security. Which is to say, the school locks down and you can't get out. Which is to say... That's a terrible school security system. Why would you want to lock intruders in? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: presumably because it actually, like, sections off of different hallways, so you're stuck in one, they would at least be able to isolate the intruder that way, I guess.
0: Maybe, oh. but we don't see that at all, because he starts yeah. in that one classroom and then just walks out to the entrance.
1: Well, he, he probably has, like, some, like... Spellcasting, like, knowledge as he's able to, like, just turn it off so he can walk through to follow, but then he seals it behind him or something like that.
0: I guess that's true. Yeah. So a king runs into the shed to cower from the slug, his child, Prince Jr., but it just breaks down the door and kind of grabs him. Uh, He screams for help and admits that he lost the bet, at which point, Ida just pokes. Prince Junior with a stick until it lets Mr. Wiggles go.
1: Yeah, again, just like last episode. Either please you have fucking magic. Stop poking things with your staff. The <laughs> quarter, really quarter staff is one D6 plus strength unless you're using fucking uh lady to make it a D eight or using it two hands. Either come on. Well she doesn't two can't. hands. I guess, but either, I mean, we know Edith's drawing, so she's doing like a D8 plus three, maybe at most. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> He's magic.
0: Um, Yeah, so back at the school, Principal Bump sends four Abominations after them at once. Uh, it seems like kind of a lot, but they don't really have... I mean, they panic, but they don't seem shocked that he can do that. So I guess it's pretty normal to be able to control a bunch of them.
1: Well, I mean, it's not something that we'll see till season two, but we do know that Bump is part of the Abomination Coven. Like, he has, like, there's a scene, there's a shot of him in season two, episode two, where we see the tattoo on his wrist, which is probably also how he, like, immediately knows that Amity is correct that Luce is not an Abomination because he's like, well, let's go ahead and dissect this thing. So lifelike.
0: Couldn't have been that she just had a human face, could it?
1: Oh, I mean, also that, yeah, it's also that, the fact that she clearly has a part of her that is not purple or pink or whatever.
0: <laughs> um, so Willow kind of starts to have a breakdown, a loss of self-confidence, but Luce encourages her, using Gita's earlier lesson about magic being resourcefulness, and empties her pockets, looking for anything that might help. Um, and she's got a couple of used band-aids in there, which I don't love. But the mm-hmm. greasy slime ball that Ida gave her earlier is actually a plant seed, and Willow is thrilled by this. She uses it to create huge vines that destroy the abominations, fill up the school, and trap Bump against the roof. But then Amity shows up and blocks their way out because she wants her badge back. <laughs> And I guess she's willing to use violence to get it, even though she's already proven that her rival is a cheater and she can't yeah. just wait 10 minutes. <laughs> v-
1: very unhinged look kind on of Amity play at this moment, by the way.
0: <laughs> it is at this point that Luce just straight up punches an abomination in half. One punch and it falls apart.
1: Yeah, uh, also, yeah, so I forgot about that, but that that has happened two episodes after weak nerd arms. Yeah, you know, Luce gets strong enough to like lift up Avi and stuff later on, but I forgot that she just straight up one shots an abomination by slapping in the face with her
0: fist. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Um, Willow uses her magic to clear a path for Luce to escape, because she says she might get detention if she's caught, but Luce would be dissected, and I don't know if that's strictly true. Since they know she's an intruder, they'd probably not necessarily dissect her. I think that was a ruse for her Flushing Yeah, out. At,
1: at this point, I think it's like, yeah, I think it was like Bump was just teasing it up this way. They would like reveal like, okay, yeah, we cheated, guy. Bye, got to run away. That they wouldn't just be like, nope, we're committed to it now. We gotta stab her.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's how things work in the boiling aisles. I don't know.
1: Yeah, again, it's kind of also early in weirdness for Bump, just because Bump actually becomes a decent person who cares about his students later on. <laughs> he is, he is never this bad ever again. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, um, Willow uses her vines to dump Luce outside, and then we cut back to the Owl House, where Ida is fighting Prince Junior with her stick. She's still not using magic. She's just hitting him with her stick yep. a lot.
2: Yep, <laughs> uh,
0: While she fights him and distracts him, uh, Mr. Wiggles climbs to the roof of the Owl House and drops a barrel of salt on his son, who then shrinks and runs away. Uh, Luce arrives home at this point to ask for help. Because I guess she thinks they're gonna attack the school now. <laughs> and hugs her. Ida says that she doesn't know what a hug is. I don't know if I believe this. <laughs> I, I mean, we've seen our family. I don't think I don't think they're that neglectful.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's just because, like, from the implications we get from those flashbacks, I think it's just been a long fucking time since Ida's really had any close physical contact with anybody like like, I mean maybe with King but it's like yeah but like King is also really tiny he can't like give like forceful hugs
0: I mean Mr. Wiggles but yes (laughs) (laughs) he's
1: never called Mr. Wiggles past that one bit
0: (laughs) well he should be he lost the bet
1: (laughs) Yeah, too bad either doesn't hold it (laughs) I'm not going to correct myself with Mr. Wiggles all the time in my <laughs> scripture for the next episode.
0: We only have to call him Mr. Wiggles until he changes his name again.
1: It's not going to happen.
0: Everybody
1: <laughs> <laughs> calls him King from now on instead. It's just how it is in the show.
0: Um, yeah, so Gus and Willow arrive just about, I don't know, 30 seconds later. Because I guess they got their stuff worked out real fast. Apparently. And uh, Willow says that Bump was so impressed by her work that she's being switched to the plant magic track, so already he's at least a competent educator, if evil.
1: (laughs) I wouldn't say evil.
0: (laughs) Mm, Malicious.
1: Dubiousness, at best.
0: (laughs) And Luce is pretty thrilled about this and can't wait to go watch her next class, at which point Gus reveals that she has been banned from the school. Uh, Ida is very proud of Luce for getting her first wanted poster. Um, Willow and Gus offer to come to the L house and teach Luce the things they're learning, but Ida says, no, no way. She's my student. Go away, children. And because she is so proud, she ends the episode by giving Luce head pats.
1: <laughs> Which Gus thinks is they're trying to give her a high five. <laughs>
0: Very funny to me that the heights are appropriate at this point, because I don't think we're going to see this again. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's episode three.
1: Yep. It's a uh... It's kind of a big one, huh? It is. These two are kind of... With the
0: major points that will come up over the course of the series. Yeah,
1: I mean, we're, like, just like in the very first episode, we're deduced to three major side characters that will keep appearing again and again. Maybe, maybe maybe one day they'll remember Willow exists in season two? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Willow's, Willow's still alive, y'all. <laughs> uh... Yeah, no, I I yeah, I feel like we already like hit most of the things I have on my little episode three notes. One one thing I did finally fucking notice, I this is something I'd never really caught on before, but a lot of times the backgrounds are kind of drawn a little differently than the character models. Like they're more like done in like a like sketchy kind of line art kind of look, rather than the characters having solid lines. Somehow I did not ever notice this until like the very opening with the trash slug. the trash slug is like drawn like the backgrounds and i'm like oh huh it's like it's like more like drawn in like a not necessarily like muted way but definitely like drawn in slightly different style to give more attention to the characters rather than the background itself like there's some times where you'll actually see the backgrounds have solid line art when it's like zoomed in on them like the the cafeteria scene when everybody's like you know choking loose out a bit (laughs) it definitely has the solid walls rather than the sketchy kind of drawing but yeah, I just never had noticed that before. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm going to have to like, pay attention more to the background than watching these episodes again.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, Like, I don't know how common it is these days, but that used to be very common in animation. The backgrounds would be much simpler than the characters just because it was would save money per frame. Yeah, but especially
1: with the I, focus being on the characters themselves.
0: Yeah, but I don't know... Obviously, it's happening here a little bit, but I'm not sure why. I think it must be a stylistic choice rather than a budget one. Now that we've got um, digital backgrounds,
1: yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, I mean, like the other kind of like major thing I have in here is—well, I guess I actually have two. Uh, I do like Luce's little like jokes when Funtel commands her to speak or to lie, where she's like, "I haven't written, uh, quoted here." She says, "Viral frame is a worthy pursuit, and chemtrails are real." And also, of course, like your cat would never eat you if you died. <laughs> this is like, like very, very funny little like little commentary that we see again later on when she like has a scathing opinion about burnout and crunch culture. <laughs> I, just, I just like that the the crew were just like, yeah, let's let's really give it to some assholes who <laughs> think like that that shit is like okay, but uh, The only thing I really have here, like, I noticed that, like, it doesn't come up as often, but both Amity and Willow do cast magic through different ways rather than using a spell circle, because, like, (laughs) Willow has her eye glow thing, like, as you said, was, like, the Avatar State, which I didn't think of until now, and now I'm not going to think of it anywhere else. I don't think she ever (laughs) does it again, and also, like, Amity, like, when Luz punches out the abomination, Amity just, like, raises her arms ahead of, like, above it and raises it back up. (laughs) <laughs> like with and just like moves our arms back to like angle it towards them without doing spell circle so like i wonder if it's like using a spell circle takes more time but less like internal energy of the spellcaster and for so right. like it like you know in cases of like like extreme stress or whatever you can do like you know good like strong feats of it like with willows glowing eyes or like how doing the hands so like i don't know like, it's, it's also just, like, again, episode three, maybe they just didn't really think fully about it, even though the very next episode is heavily about spell circles. But <laughs> who knows? Did you have anything about the episode besides
0: that? that uh, no, I think I pretty much touched everything in my uh, summary. That's how I yeah. normally try to do things, just because it keeps us talking instead of me just reading my notes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. I guess we'll go on to episode four. I just now noticed I have almost like a page and a half of notes written for this compared to. Hey, episode
0: two, two going to be a long one.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, just wait till we get to uh, Abadie's Gay Panic part one and two, a.k.a. Grom and winged Like Witches. That's going to be a long one, I think. Also, a lot of scenes things can do. Okay, well then, uh, the episode 4 of The Intruder opens with Luce doing a little mockumentary of King fighting a sock done in the style of uh, David Attenborough. <laughs> you know, doing his wildlife life uh, videos and commentary. Uh, after King kills the sock, they lead into King's real reason for calling Luce. It's because he wants to teach her about different kinds of demons, which maybe he actually won some, slightly, some slight part of the bet because he did want to teach her about demons last episode. So maybe she at least agrees to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh she you know, Luce gets distracted putting Instagram filters over a photo with the snaggleback, which is this like supposed like dangerous demon that has like a spiked shell and everything and pointy teeth. Uh King gets a little bummed out because Luce is just distracted with messing around a bit. <laughs> and she's like, No, this is my serious face. But before they can actually continue Starts to rain and Luce wants to go out to feel the rain on her face because I guess it hasn't rained at all in the boiling house since she's gotten there a week ago.
3: So it must she runs
1: awesome. <laughs> Yeah. So she runs out to go feel the first drops on her face and is tackled back into the house by Ida because the boiling house doesn't have regular weather. They have boiling rain, they also have tornadoes, shale hail and pain bows. It's like a rainbow, but looking at it turns you inside out. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah after the i guess this would be like the intro yeah like after that king puts band-aids on himself and loose from the accident of loose getting fucking body checked back into the house and declares them part members of the Luba buddy which causes loose and myself to squeal of delight over how cute it is <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see uh eda casts a protection spell over the house and hootie this way they're all stuck in there because they can't really go out with the boiling rain Right. Yep. Uh. Well, they, like, at this, like, Luce actually wonders, like, hey, how come they call you the Owl Lady? And they just, like, Hootie just jokes about it. It's like, well, because she eats, like, mice and voles and stuff. Turns out he's actually correct. <laughs> I just realized that he actually is, like, honest about it because he does actually know, since he's the house, that Ida does occasionally cough up rat bones. <laughs> 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 uh can- King says it's because she's distracted by shiny objects and demonstrates this with a sparkle pen that has like a light up gem on it, which causes Zeta to, to try to dive for it and fucking whiff. Uh, this apparently also would be very important later on. Remember this pen. <laughs> she, gets, she gets really tired from having to cast a spell, which foreshadows the whole crux of this episode about the curse. But Liz basically. Uh, sees them being stuck inside as a perfect chance to try to get Edith to actually not avoid teaching her magic for a change.
0: Yeah, it took a while, but yeah. it's a start.
1: Yep. This uh, brums out King even further because she's abandoning the demon lesson in favor of magic because magic! Uh, after some persuasion with the sparkly pen again, Luce gets Edith to show her the light spell, because it's like the most basic kind of spell. I mean, it is a cantrip, so mm-hmm. there is a uh it explains that stabs have power embedded into them but everyone needs to be able to cast spells without one in order to actually earn them and they do it via their magic bile sacs attached to their hearts which is gross is it i don't know i mean we- you have i mean i guess it's just an organ but like loose it gross
0: <laughs> i'm pretty sure we've got worse than magic bile yeah
1: <laughs> i guess <laughs> Uh Luz is concerned about how she can use magic without Bile sac, to which Ida admits she doesn't know for sure, but she knows witches used to be able to do magic some other way in the past. But she's super tired and says, no, nah, don't worry, you'll get it, and then she wants to go to bed. But Luce persuades her to do spell once more so she can record it on her phone so she can study it while Lee is asleep. And instead she thinks she kills Ida because Ida just fully passes the fuck out as she's trying <laughs> to spell.
0: So maybe this is why she's been hitting stuff with her staff so much
1: maybe i mean again this is like foreshadowing the curse and stuff so maybe there's that but also like she had to cast a protection spell across the entire house so <laughs> it makes sense she might be a bit zoned out but yeah uh, uh loose and king after making sure either didn't die tr- well actually King, either, uh ah, either tries to eventually go run outside the house to get help but king has to pull her back in and her at the boiling rain so they instead just resolve to Drag Iida up to her bedroom, which he does confirm she has a nest after having alluded to it when Luce got excited about also having a nest. Yeah. She does have the animal bones in it, so again, who correct? She does just cough up rat bones. It's it's cozy. <laughs> apparently. They go back downstairs, and King tries to convince Luce to continue their demon lesson while she keeps trying to trace the circle, watching the video and getting no results and getting frustrated. Uh... Where is it? King asks her why she wants to be so dedicated to learning magic, to which she replies that her being a nobody who would to listen to back home means that her trying to learn magic means that she can be somebody. Big same loose. This is where I plug the song Ordinary, which is basically the say the Seda theme song. If you haven't watched listened to Ordinary, go listen to it. <laughs> it is a sequel to the unofficial Amity Blight song of little is Perfect. Uh Yep, King offers help to learn the spell in exchange for them finishing their demon lesson, and mentions that he has noticed that either sneaks sips of an elixir of some sort, so he hyper, uh, thinks that it might help her out with her a source of her power. He sneaks into her room to steal a bottle, after knowing that the bottle has a partially ripped tag that reads an elixir of day on it, thinks it's cryptic, but Luz accidentally smashes it when a nearby bolt of lightning startles her, and then everything starts to go to hell. <laughs> because the lights in the house suddenly go out as Hootie is mauled by some giant creature that Kim believes to be the Snaggleback as it feeds during the boiling rains. <laughs> the, the creature jumps through a window into Ida's room, and after kind of guilting Loose about the fact that Ida's uh, defenseless because Luz knocked her the fuck out, they gear themselves <laughs> up. Again, Luce does not go to Ida's weapons room. She instead grabs a hockey stick. <laughs> we know Ida has a fucking fire axe in that weapons room maybe she hasn't found it yet i guess she's only been there for a week but still either
0: that or she just doesn't have permission to go in yet so who maybe shot?
1: yeah but he's also ko'd at this point
0: yeah <laughs> like true
1: Goody straight up has the is dead like cartoon x's in his eyes and the sorry spot
0: do have a yeah. quick note about uh, the snack back that is the voice of aaron hansen from the game yep. grumps so. yep,
1: i also have that in my notes <laughs> But, I mean, we haven't met him yet, but we'll get there. Yes, uh, they go up ho- upstairs to try to help Ida, and notice that she's missing. Luce tells uh, King to go back and get his demon book, so he can properly study the scene in her room. But as soon as he gets back, Luce is also missing. He chases who he thinks is the beast to a closet, but sees a Sangleback, which again, yeah, so yeah, when we're confirmed, it's Aaron Hansen as a little pink creature that has like, a little turtle shell very cowardly little goofball and he's like oh well uh, that's not me who actually smashed the window i just stuck in through an open window during the rain <laughs> at which point of course the fucking actual beast breaks through the wall with an hand from uh, above grabs him he shouts oh no a twist and gets eaten <laughs>
0: See, I love this, because if you're going to go to the trouble to get a guest voice actor, you must immediately kill him. There's, there's yeah. no other reason to put a guest I, on the show.
1: He gets better, and then he comes back for literally one episode, but I don't even think he has a voice. No, he has a voice line in that episode, but I don't think that, not much else. He's there more as like a gag for that follow-up. Right. I don't think he ever comes back, though. Yeah. Uh, the Beast then proceeds to chase the king around the house, but he's pulled into the side room by Luce, who had ran and hid while he was absent. He notices that the other half of the elixir tags on Lucy's shoe that got uh, dropped when she was running away, which says, keeps the curse at bay, at which point they basically, well, King realizes, of course, that it's actually Ida as she bursts through the wall and is shown to be this big owl monster. <laughs> Ida's about to attack them, but Lucy drops her phone while being scared, and the camera flash goes off, which blinds Ida, the owl beast. They yeah, run to a know. different...
0: Hmm? That's... Not super how phones work, huh?
1: No, no, not really. As we'll also find out, Luce will claim that her camera's blasted, but in season two premiere, she will use it to record a video. So, (laughs) who knows? Maybe they found a way to fix it with magic or something.
0: Maybe. I'm just saying that that's a plot that was meant to be used with an old flash photography camera, not a phone.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, you don't really like... You had to press the button on the screen to make the picture take, and it only falls on like the angle of the case. <laughs> oh, whatever. They hide in a different room and discuss how taking the elixir must prevent Edith from taking from uh, having the curse take hold. King basically feels guilty because he just wanted to help Luce learn the spell so she'd help pay more attention to him and his lessons. Because he, much like Luce, also likes friends and mostly goes ignored. They basically agree to try to help Ida, deferring to King's expertise about demons. And he notes that demons with like big black eyes are sensitive to light, and that they should use Luce's camera again, but she says it's busted. And then King, of course, brings up the light spell that Luce is like, well, I don't know how to fucking do that, but she looks at the <laughs> video on her phone to try to like look at it again. And based on the fact that the camera and the, the phone itself are a bit busted with the screen crack, the picture, the video somehow freezes and fizzles a bit on the spell circle itself, and Luz, of course, sees the spell glyph in there for the light spell. Which, of course, is when she draws it for the first time and makes a little ball of light and happily freaks out because she just did magic for the first time. And it's adorable <laughs> of it. <laughs> As a result, they decide to lure Ida with the sparkly fan again to a location where Luce is drawing a giant life glyph on the wall. Does that consume the wall and therefore a part of Hootie's flesh? Cause we see the like we see the glyphs always consume the surface they're on for the most part. Except like I guess maybe the snow when this <laughs> draws it in the other episode. Does it consume the wall, but <laughs> we never get confirmation.
0: He'll be fine. <laughs>
1: Yeah, while Owl Ida is stunned and kind of out of it, they should have an elixir in her mouth to turn her back. Ida then proceeds to barf up the snaggle bag. He's okay, don't worry, his tail's gone, but he's all right. Also, he doesn't have his shell in this scene, but he gets the shell back later on. I don't know how. Uh, Uh, At the
0: shell store? Hmm, I don't know. Sorry, I messed that up. At the shell station? Boo. Boo this envy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He <laughs> is vista king but king like <laughs> unfortunately i'm gonna say just shushes her but he does kind of do that to point out loose drawing a bunch of light spells in the corner and either's actually suitably impressed that she's like wow she learned it all on her own huh and music like that's pretty cool she then decides to come clean about having been cursed when she was younger has no idea who had done it or had to cure it But she says that, you know, it's not the best thing in the world, but if you take the necessary steps, it's manageable, like a lot of chronic illness or mental illness.
0: That's a really thoughtful portrayal of people who turn into gigantic monsters at night. (laughs) Hey,
1: I mean, mostly I turn into a gigantic monster during the day when I'm forced at work, but that's different (laughs) at night. Yeah, no, she explains that that's how she got her nickname of the Owl Lady. She commends Luz for her ability to find out how to cast spells. Luz also gives some credit to King, saying she had a good teacher. And they leave Luz... uh, They leave Ida to rest as they go to fix Hootie back in place. And King decides to make modifications to his demon book with the Snaggleback's help, because he realizes that the Snaggleback is a wuss, (laughs) and therefore not actually a really strong demon. (laughs) And also, well I guess secondly, before that happens, Ida has a recurring dream of the person who cursed her, who is this figure that we don't fully see, but we note has some sort of glasses. I don't remember if we ever see this person with glasses before they're confirmed who they are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't yeah. believe they do that we do no.
1: No. Oh wait, wait, maybe there is I think there might be a photo of them when they were younger where they had the glasses on. I think, yeah, I think there might be a photo of them and wing it like witches. Oh, that could be. Maybe, yeah. I don't know why we're dancing around that. I'm pretty sure we've said who it is before. I don't know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I forget. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We but, don't have that's... to spoil everything. That'll just be the one thing we dance around.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just don't look at any artwork of Ida or this character from Season 2 because it might spoil things. <laughs>
3: there you go.
1: Yep. Yeah, Uh, in terms of various notes I have for this episode, uh, d- d- let's see. King's descriptor of Demons doesn't really apply to sentient demons, and it's mostly just regular people, because he explains that demons are only around to, like, commit chaos and just be little nightmares. And it's like, we really don't I see any... think that's
0: what he wants to do.
1: Yeah, like, we don't really see any, like, demons doing that besides, like, beast demons, but they're also just, like, mindless monsters. They're not, like, bug nor biped demons we're also i'm also using terminology that we won't get till season two episode eight by the way for the viewers the viewer, the listeners just in case if they're not actually current but yeah we, <laughs> it's like we never really see any demons that are just out there to be little mischief makers and assholes so it's just probably king projecting a lot uh another thing i know how the fuck does anything grow in the demon realm but they don't have regular rain, and if the sea is also boiling, <laughs> how does anything live there?
0: Yeah, you know, plants that exist in volcanic biomes, they just have to be adapted to the heat.
1: Yeah, but, like, they have, bo- I guess it's boiling rain, it's not acid rain, but still, like, it, it destroys plants when it lands on them, <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> we see Willow drink a glass of water in a later episode, so I guess there has to be some sort of, like, some source of actual non-deaf water, I guess, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Well, sure, you just catch rainwater and wait for it to cool off. I guess. Uh... But, you know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with these books, but in Clive Barker's Aberrat, there's an island that there's a terrible storm every single hour on the hour. And so the plant life on that island has evolved to grow incredibly fast. Like the entire island goes from nothing to jungle over the course of the hour, and then it gets wiped away again. So, maybe it's something like that,
1: <laughs> huh. it's like uh like a fast forward of time for only an hour that just keeps repeating it's exactly, yeah, weird. uh, other little things I made a note of the pose that Luke is in when Eda slams her back inside the house is the same that Ida does a few minutes later when she tries to die for the glowing pen, so like <laughs> foster, like adopted daughter like adopted mother, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you hey, after each time ready. Uh, I also like that, like, when Loose tries to run out into the rain to get help for Ida, Hootie's like, no, let her try, it'll be funny, but King is actually having none of it and slams Hootie shut, showing that he actually is really beginning to strongly care about Loose's well-being and safety, that he's willing to just, like, <laughs> tell Hootie to fuck off, basically.
0: Yeah, that doesn't feel like the Hootie that we're gonna know in later seasons. <laughs>
1: no, no, not really. But, like, I mean, at least it's, like, showing that King is, like, you know, I had a note from the previous one, King is like a little bit of a jerk and I'm kind of done with it already, and unfortunately <laughs> he's going to be a jerk for like most of Season 1 at times, but he still has moments of showing he cares, like this scene here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that bear trap demon that almost caught King as he snuck into Ida's room that I just totally skipped over, we see <laughs> that demon come back once more as part of the components for the new wonky portal door. And so that guy is just fucking sacrificed for the door, huh? <laughs> he's yeah, a sentient being, and they just fucking use him as an ingredient.
0: <laughs> Rip, bear trap demon. Well, he was voiced by a YouTuber. Does that count as sentient?
1: Uh, hmm, maybe. I don't know. I don't actually know who he's voiced by.
0: It's Aaron Hansen. He does both. Oh, okay. Oh, (laughs) No, this is our podcast YouTube beef. We got to get on board.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we totally want the people that have as much uh, weight to throw around as the Game Grumps coming after us.
0: (laughs) Listen, it would ramp up our views really fast. It it
1: would, but also I don't want to get a bunch of people giving me a bunch of shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
2: fair. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, just
1: another thing I note, the bib that Luz puts on to drink the elixir, we see later on in uh, the Tunnel of Love from Season 2, Episode 8, who he has it on one of his animatronics for the Tunnel Love. Huh. I just found that to be pretty funny that that bib comes back. Also, Luz, you are 14. Why do you have a bib on? <laughs> I get that Luz is just a precious little cinnamon roll, but, like, why, why does she have a bib on? <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, uh, that's kind of really it from that episode. Actually, I had, like, way less notes for this episode than the previous
0: one. Yeah, that's that's fair. We are introduced to some pretty important lore here, but there's no new characters that we have to talk
1: yeah, about. Like, it's, yeah, it's all about the curse and loose, discovering the glyphs of the first thing. Oh, I guess, actually, one thing worth pointing out, there seems to be, like, it's something that I've seen people mention before, but there seems to be just consensus that no one in the from the demon realm can actually see the glyphs. Because, like, when Luz uh, sees the glyph on her phone, King is, like, walking, like looking over her shoulder a little bit at it, and, like, she's like, oh, there's a pattern in it, and he looks at the phone, and he's like, where? Implying that he doesn't actually see it? So maybe there's a thing where witches and demons just have either gotten to the point where they can't see them anymore? Like, maybe it was implied that they used to know how to use them, but they've forgotten and somehow just can't actually see them with their eyes anymore?
0: i kind yeah. of wonder if maybe they're just hard to see altogether because it's not like they're there when it's a still image you know she yeah had to take the photo
1: fair yeah because like i mean it's like maybe like a little split second but it's weird that king can't see it on the phone even though it's frozen on that picture that's true but we, but we but also yeah, see but the...
0: don't doesn't either draw some later in season two so she, has she, to be she able does to but... at least conceive of the, the shape
1: Yeah, like, I think it's more just, like, when they know of the design, they can see it, but, like, it has to be pointed out to them, and they have to be shown the Mm -hmm. the pattern, but, like, I think it's, like, more, like, when it's, like, when it's, like, one that Luce first sees, she has to actually show them herself or something, because, like, we also see, like, the light glyph up in the night sky and eventually in the Elements as well, where Luce realizes that magic is from the islands. Right. So, who knows? Maybe we'll find out more, maybe we don't. Who knows? (laughs) But yeah, uh I just have various little bits of trivia from these episodes as a whole. Sure as well. Uh Willow's voice actress I believe her first name is pronounced Tati Gabriel. She played Prudence Blackwell in the Netflix Sabrina series, and also has a role in that terrible looking Uncharted movie. I know that she's been in other stuff, but does like the first two things I can think of on top of my head.
0: I'm sorry, the terrible what movie? Uncharted. Oh. You know, with ooh, with, yeah.
1: uh, with Spider Man why why, am I, why was i throwing a blank on tom holland's name <laughs> but yeah uh gus's voice actor isaac ryan brown has a like a slightly less prolific career but like the major thing that got attention on him was he was on america's got talent at age six and i think he lost in the semi-finals i want to say but that was basically his jumping off point because he got a lot of attention for that <laughs> And, of course, as though I don't actually have to say it, Amity Blight is, of course, Mae Whitman, aka Katara, and also Roxy in Scott Brogan vs. The World, which I totally forgot that she was in that movie. the <laughs> end, Roxy is kind of a nothing character in that movie because, unfortunately, they really had to rush through a lot of the evil exes.
0: I mean, yes, they did do, but they certainly made her a memorable image.
1: <laughs> I mean, yes, she does orgasm to death, so there is that. <laughs> <laughs> also, she does at least say the line of, You punched me in the boob, which. At the time, seeing that, I was like, that can't necessarily hurt that much, right? Turns out when you're growing boots, though, no, no, it was is, is very painful. <laughs> <laughs> very painful to accidentally bop yourself in the titty. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Other, yep. other little things that I have written down here for trivia. Uh, they don't have speaking lines, but we actually can see Basha and Skara in the background at the school in some scenes. I think we also see like other minor like really minor characters like i think Ivor amelia which is the green-haired girl also in the plant track of willow and who's also on the gregby team i think is in one scene also, there's also like a bunch of like other minor characters like we definitely see mm-hmm. that like big nosed demon kid from the construction group at some other points but he's never gotten named uh let's see do, oh yes, other things. Uh, King's Demon Board has a bunch of references to actual like monsters in fiction, such as the Bier. I don't know how to pronounce it. B U E R from Ars Gotia? It's like a classical like oh, yeah. A demon. Yeah.
0: King Solomon and yeah. his list of demons.
1: Yeah. There, there's a uh slightly I would
0: guess I'm poor, but I Bure. can't say yeah. for sure. Yeah, bur, it's something like yeah. yeah. Something like that. Solomonic.
1: Yeah. Something like that. There's a uh, slightly covered doodle of Bill Cipher on there, of course. <laughs> I think also people have said there's an Eye of Providence. I don't know if that's just the design of Bill Cipher, because he is basing an eyeball with a triangle. So <laughs> Also on there is, of course, a oh, beholder God. from Dungeons & Dragons. He
0: is. The, the, like, that image is flat out stolen from other supernatural designs, so he can oh, okay. of is Eye of Truth.
1: Okay, fair.
0: <laughs> like it's yeah, on no. the dollar.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, also true. Yeah, there's also a Beholder from Dungeons & Dragons on there. Obviously, they don't name it, because Beholder is trademarked, because Wizards of the Coast kind of <laughs> sucks. But yeah. Uh, another little thing here is the fact that when King opens up the monster book that shows the Snaggleback, the d- design for the Snaggleback is in the style of the monster entries from Monster Hunter World, going back to that. <laughs> it's Particularly, its world because like its like world has like, it's like a slightly different like art style for the, like the doodles and the hunter notes for the monsters. Because in riots, they're more like done in like a like Japanese like calligraphy kind of style <laughs> with like the the brushes. Yeah, and then also here. uh da-da-da see uh yeah it's a little blinking you miss it scene but Luz is actually shown to be ambidextrous in episode 4 because she draws the light glyph with her right hand on her phone and then her left hand and chalk on the wall showing that she can actually draw with, and presumably write with both hands also yeah. Luce Seda very fucking good at drawing perfect circles <laughs> 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 just the little thing oh, I thought of yeah. Because Jesus oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely not wrong I would never
0: get a spell off
1: no how, how, does, how does she some so many perfect circles?
0: <laughs> how does everyone? Because witches have to make circles for their spells, too. Yeah, but, like, I, I guess it has to be a perfect circle, too, yeah. Because <laughs> it's the same as what the glyph would be in. Like, the witches I kind of get. I'm sure they have training on that from a young age. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think, like, no, there's, like, a future episode where Luce says that her backup career is being a writer since witch isn't really a career in the human realm. Mm-hmm. But- I think there are a few instances where Luce is implied to be rather artistic, because, like, there's that one uh, Owl House short where she draws, like, a, like, basically really good lifelike image of Hootie to the point where Hooney thinks it's another owl monster like himself. Luce <laughs> is <that it? laughs> like, she, even done, like, a full, like, painter overalls kind of outfit with, like, a little, like, artsy hat on. It's very cute. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean the only other things I really have are the continuation of Lucid's crimes count and the author plug, the uh, artist plug.
0: Okay. Uh, well, did we get any questions for this episode?
1: I don't think so. Let me check again. I should have thought about opening the email and the Twitter beforehand.
0: <laughs> don't worry. In a couple episodes, we'll switch, so you'll have my entire description to come up with that. <laughs> we won't have to shuffle for it at the end.
1: Yep. Let's see nope, looks like still empty. Hey, I mean we only have like eight followers on the Twitter. Makes sense. We'll get there. Hey, yeah, it's a start.
0: Yeah. Also we mm-hmm. probably will get
1: we'll probably get more questions as we get closer to being current, especially when season two B starts up.
0: You're not wrong, but yeah. uh, you know, just in case anybody else wants to make the show a little bit longer, hear us chat a little more. Where can they send those questions?
1: Uh that would be usbredoscast at gmail.com and also just the same at on Twitter. Nice. Okay.
0: Uh, You said you had other stuff to go over.
1: Yeah, uh, Lucy's crimes count isn't really added on much. Uh, From episode three, she has more trespassing on her criminal record, because she does under school.
0: Trespassing is a classic.
1: Yep. Uh, I don't know if this is the proper term for it, but she doesn't pretend to be an abomination, so she's technically being an imposter. I think that's Hmm. still a crime. Uh, I don't, I don't you
0: know. There's a rule about impersonating abominations. I
1: don't know. They're not necessarily people or abominations. People? I don't know. But and yeah. You just marker
0: down for identity.
1: Theft. Yeah. Re- regardless, uh, it's also like I'm not sure how to phrase this, but she also is uh, helping with cheating on the test, which might also count as forgery. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also technically accessory to assault via Willow attacking Bump because you say that like Bump got trapped by Willow she does slam him directly into the roof and constrict him there he, hit, get, he gets hit strong enough on the ceiling that it
0: cracks <laughs> hey, is that Luce's crime or is that Willow's I would argue that Luce is just an accomplice
1: I mean Willow had to do that because Luce came up with the idea of sneaking into school to cheat on the test <laughs> so she's technically responsible for this happening, <laughs> but yeah, regardless. From episode four, she's also an accessory to theft because King steals the elixir for her. After she's only known EDA for a week, she's already stealing from her teacher.
0: <laughs> Do we know how much the elixirs cost? Can it be grand theft?
1: <laughs> uh, we know that they're at least expensive enough because EDA has a problem paying for them a bit at times from Morton, the guy that makes them. Hmm. Like also the part with, like I mean, uh, clearly. Like it's very scowls to hell and back, but like when she goes and tries to meet with uh Tibbles to buy another one, he's just like you know making her pay x amount more than it's actually worth. Right. So, but okay. I mean, presumably it's like actually somewhat expensive because he does also describe it as a wicked brew in the episode he's in.
0: True. Yep. Okay. Well, let's stick with theft for now, and we can see if yeah. we can upgrade that later. Yep. But she also is technically
1: uh, committing illegal magic via the glyphs, because it's wild magic. <laughs> so that's a big no-no when the eyes of the Emperor's coming, they're loose and Santa.
0: Did you count all of the glyphs or just once? <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: I guess for artists, uh, the easiest one that I can think of on top of my head, just because I was talking about the various storms of pins that should be arriving soon at my new place, is I would say we should discuss about Jigushi which I think let me check the handle I'm pretty sure I know what it is yes uh yes it is su underscore Jigushi just spelled g g u s h i let me check do you say yes okay she uses she her pronouns I was just confirming Jigushi is Pretty well known considering that a lot of the fan art she makes gets over like 20,000 likes. The one that popped up immediately I'm looking at is the pose of Amity pointing the Abomination Sword thing at Hunter, which has mm-hmm. twenty two point eight thousand likes. <laughs> Apparently I missed this. I don't actually have it liked. I just did. Oh, I put it up at twenty two point nine thousand likes. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, she does a lot of really fucking cute little precious artwork. She's the one who made the really uh, cute little gif of Amity starting a kissing war with Luz where she kisses Luz on the cheek once and then Luz escalates where she kisses Amity a lot on the face and eventually, Mm -hmm. like kids turn the mouth with such force that they both topple over. <laughs> she, she did a pretty well we see one around Christmas of Amity trying to sneak a bunch of presents down the chimney of the Arrow house and getting stuck. And so it's just her with a blushing look with a very blushy look on her face as Luce runs the corner because she woke up from hearing Amity crash in the house. <laughs> it's yeah, Jigushi makes very fucking cute art and it's very impressive. Go, go, <laughs> pay attention to Ggushi's artwork. I hope I'm pronouncing her handle right. I apologize, but I'm pretty sure she is Korean, so I don't know if she would ever hear this.
0: Yes, yeah, she's okay. Korean. Well, would you mind spelling it for our uh, listeners?
1: Oh yeah, I already did. But yes, uh, once oh, again. Oh, sorry.
0: Yeah, then we missed okay. that. My bad.
1: No, I'll say it again. It's S U underscore G G U S H I.
3: Yep. Mm, okay. Yeah, uh.
1: has almost was, forty-one thousand followers.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I think that's all for me. I don't think I have anything else about these episodes. A okay. bit, bit, bit of a doozy, but also we didn't really take much longer than the intro. But then again, yeah, that's I mean, true, yeah, the first episode we also had to like introduce to like the main characters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> It'll be shorter next time we say for the second time in a row. Only time will tell.
1: <laughs> yeah, who knows.
0: It won't be next time. is the convention.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. next one is convention and uh, who's
0: hassle,
3: Yes,
1: that one's a bit of a smaller episode in comparison. Fair convention, enough. Is, convention is a big one because we get met, we get introduced to Lilith, and we start having Amity not be as much of an asshole.
0: Mm-hmm. And so much lore. We just got to dump a lot in the first few episodes. No worries.
1: Yeah. Also that. Uh,
0: until next week when we cover this episode, um, you can find me at Patch underscore Jacket on Twitter, where I don't really do anything.
1: <laughs> and hey, I finally figured out a good way to describe my own handle, because I changed it. Uh, I am now at Miracle, which is M-Y-R underscore Q-U-I-L-L, because I found the Mir, I think I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm also choosing to say mirror, because fuck it. I found that <laughs> honorific because I did not like MX much, and so I changed it, because Mira sounds cutesy, and I like it.
0: Hey, it's your honorific. You gotta decide how it's pronounced. Yep. But, uh, Unfortunately,
1: yeah. the sound makes the old episodes obsolete by a bit. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. But I can now save my handle easier.
0: Yeah, no worries. Remember in the first episode when I told everyone I lived in Texas? It's okay.
1: I mean, yeah. I, I mean, yes, also, there is the fact that again, uh, it literally in how many fucking weeks is it now uh one, let's see one two yeah four weeks from this sunday i'm moving to connecticut too so yeah
0: <laughs> oh boy all well uh i'd say that puts us pretty much at the end of the episode so uh thanks yeah. for listening and remember that yeah. us weirdos gotta, gotta stick, stick together, together. Close that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We only got what seventeen more of these. We'll get there.
1: Uh, I think what was the how we had? I think we had yeah, I think seventeen total for season one and two B or two A. <laughs>
0: I'm calling it now. We finally figure it out in episode fifteen. <laughs>